Hi, this is Jeff Gilbert, and we welcome you to this Disney Insights podcast. Our family just spent a week at Disneyland. I don't know that this is a trip report. If it is, it's one of the most unusual chronicles you may have ever heard. At the heart of this four-day journey is an opportunity to celebrate my autistic son's 21st birthday with my wife and daughter. It's hard to imagine any day that wouldn't be nearly perfect at Disneyland. But this is one that is a roller coaster of expectations, emotions, and joys. And there's a little bit of a twist at the end of it all that asks the question, why do we love Disney? We will talk in an upcoming podcast about all that is happening to Disneyland, at Disneyland, to include the 100th anniversary. But allow me in this podcast to open up a little of my heart as I share the experience of personally taking my family to Disneyland. Join us on a very personal Disneyland journey. Now, to set this up, and again, just to let you know, big podcast coming up with lots of details about the 100th anniversary of Disney at Disneyland and the Toontown and Indiana Jones, so much to talk about, so much to unpack. We will use that as the next podcast. But I thought going into the weekend, I thought this was a more personal podcast. For Frankly, I was hoping, and I did actually, record the podcast as we were in the park. But so many events were changing and unfolding and happening that what seemed like a good podcast when I recorded it didn't seem to make sense by the time I got through the first day or two. And I finally just had to just let it go and just see how the entire week turned out. First of all, why were we at Disneyland? First, it it was our son's 21st birthday. Our son is a grown autistic individual. He has a lot of limitations. He speaks, but a lot of it are wrote statements that you find in Disney films. And so they're very, they're very um, um, different when they come out of his mouth. He doesn't write. He doesn't do math. He, they're very things he's limited in doing, but he knows how to love. And he's a wonderful son. And he's larger than life. He is taller than I am, about 6'5", and walks around with a plush penguin all the time. Um, you can't help, in fact, you probably, if you've spent a lot of time at Walt Disney World, you've probably seen my son out there, along with myself or my my wife or what or our family. Um, at any rate, it was his 21st birthday. Now, when our children turned 16, we I've always done a special event of their choosing to go anywhere. Well, that kind of came and went. It just didn't make sense, but we kind of came to this 21st and we already had a busy summer going on and we thought we need to really dedicate some time to celebrating our son. And uh, he loves the cruise line. And um, we thought about that. We had done a cruise not too long ago with him and he did love that and he did love Donald on that cruise. Donald will play into this a whole lot more. any rate, um, what what it all amounted to was um, it was also my, my wife's 60th milestone birthday and wanted to celebrate something special with her. We decided on Alaska. We thought we'd take our kids to Alaska. Then we realized 
that they needed passports. We didn't have passports for the two of them, and that became a problem. So we thought, we just need to do the Alaska separate, and we need to do something different. And when we mentioned Disneyland to Preston, he just lit up. He really loved that idea. And he looked, he was so excited. When we asked him what it is he wanted to do, Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage. That was the thing he wanted to do more than anything. And so we all got kind of prepped. Now, my wife and daughter had actually gone out to Utah to spend some time with their family. So I had already been with my son here at the house for several days, just me taking care of him. And he was so good. He was so excited about his upcoming trip. It was going to be really, it was really four days. We even went over to Epcot one evening, had a great evening doing Frozen and Spaceship Earth together. And um, we gone to the Little Mermaid. He loves the Little Mermaid movie that's come out this summer. So we went to like his fourth viewing of that because that was what he really wanted to do. Oh, and we went and saw the horses at Port Orleans because he loves the horses. Horses will come into play here too in a few minutes. So at any rate, Oh, and we had seen the Finding Nemo ride at Epcot. So uh, really, all those same variables are going to play out at Disneyland in just a little day. So anyway, we the morning of the um, the morning of our trip, we got up early. We're taking a direct flight from Orlando to LAX, and I had already called about making sure that our seats were together. One of the things you learn is when you take that 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 um, lesser um, rate on Delta, you don't have a lot of options. But I I had thought that because they usually allocate the last two rows in a plane to addressing issues on the day of the flight, I thought if I called early and got us into one of those two. Well, long and short, somehow I got moved up because of my status with Delta. I got bumped up and because his ticket was purchased separately, they didn't recognize that. And so morning of, we're in two different seats. They couldn't put us together because all the seats had been allocated. It was a mess. The best they could do was put me in a middle seat in one row and him across the way in another middle seat. This just seemed disastrous and there was a couple who had both aisle seats which i don't blame them i when i my wife and i fly we often do both aisle seats so we have that that benefit of being on the aisle any rate i was so impressed with my son he managed himself so well on this flight um just being in that seat by himself and and um occasionally i you know kind of um chatted with him across the way when I could and at any rate he did really well but he had this expectation mistakenly that when he got off the plane he'd see mom and my daughter and that they'd be there and it was still going to be much later in the day it's now 10 o'clock in the morning and it's not going to be until 12 at night when they actually arrive so I tried to explain we're going to go to the hotel we're going to get our stuff there. We're going to go to Disney and enjoy a time together. So by the time, roll it forward. It's now just as we roll into the parks. It is, by the way, the 68th birthday of Disneyland. It was the 17th of July. 
and the big cavalcade that they do um, with the band and everything that had just finished. I couldn't get to the park soon enough. And people are rolling out of it. Lots of crowds hanging around Main Street because of the cavalcade. We, we navigate through that. He is excited to do the one thing he wants to do. Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage. And so I think, okay, to do that, I need to make sure he has the uh, special assistance pass, that what we call the DAS pass, to um, to be able to do that. And so I he's a little frustrated that we have to stop and do that at, you know, one of the, um, the little kiosks they have, blue tinted kiosk or whatever. But um, we do this. And um, at the end of it, I said, now I can get a DAS pass for Finding Nemo, the submarine voyage, right? He goes, no, you, you can't do it there. And I'm thinking, is that right? any rate, we move on to Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage. And I'm trying to, exp and he wants to go straight through. And where, where it does show a kind of a wheelchair style entrance. And I'm going, no, we have to go in this line. And he's very frustrated. And so we finally, we finally kind of chatted out with somebody at the front line and sure enough you can get a pass but i haven't made the pass yet so i make the pass and now we have to wait for a reservation we there's um a tomorrowland terrace the original tomorrowland terrace sits right next to the submarines it's now called galactic grill and so we i said let's get you something to eat and his thing usually is and it certainly was when he was home with me um french fries and and chicken strips and so we get in line at the galactic grill no we don't get in line i do a mobile order for the galactic grill and then wait for it to turn through which takes about 10 15 minutes and we start looking for a table to sit at and there are no tables and let me just say the heat was not nearly as intense as it was in Orlando just a couple of days ago. It is doable, but it is not something you want to spend a lot of time doing at Disneyland between about 11 and 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's just you want to get in there, get a whole bunch of things done, and then come back around 4 or 5 and enjoy the evening as long as you can. It's, it's, it wasn't the worst, but remember the whole country this last week has been under these record highs, the record highs that they talked about in Phoenix and other places. It wasn't as bad, but it was still a warm day. At any rate, we're trying to get out of the heat of this, trying to find a table, trying to get chicken strips. I get a cheeseburger. He eats most of the chicken, but his heart is getting on Finding Nemo. And finally, our time came and we were able to get on Finding Nemo and he is in heaven and he is loving all of this. And then afterwards, he wants to go back to the hotel. And um, I tried to, you know, he had talked about Roger Rabbit being something he wanted to do. So I tried to get a DAS pass for that. Tried to walk him through the castle with the Sleeping Beauty because he does like Sleeping Beauty. So I tried to do a few things, but the heat of the day and and his 
what he wanted to do was go back to the hotel. I'm thinking, okay, so we go back to the hotel via lift, and that's a whole other conversation we're going to have in the next podcast because there's a lot that went on with that. But we get back to the hotel and we take a break, and that really helped us. When we finally got out of there, the weather was so much easier to deal with and so much cooler. And we head over to Disney California Adventure. Uh, he loves the Pixar Pal around the Ferris wheel. We get over there, but it is not um, operating at that time because of World of Color 1 that is going to show in a few minutes. And I thought, well, maybe you'd like to see World of Color 1. So I tried to hang around that area. And um, he, um, he was intrigued by it. He knew what it was. But when the sound came out, it was so intense for him that he just didn't want anything to do with it. So I took him over to the Little Mermaid attraction. He liked that. I then had a DAS Pass for Radiator Springs Racers. Probably the only place where we really utilized a DAS Pass was the, the submarine and the racers because those were the two things he wanted to do. He loved that, except the fireworks went off at Disneyland and he could hear the noise. And even from the top of the queue at Radiator Springs Racer, he could see the pyro in the uh, high in the air. And so he's anxious about that and just wants to go back, wants to go back to the hotel, wants to go back to the hotel. Okay, we've only done a couple of things, but let's get mom and daughter back here and we'll make a better day of it tomorrow. So my wife she ended up being really late getting in because the flight was delayed. They got into, I think we all got to sleep around one o'clock in the morning. And so it was a late night there. The next day, um, well, let me just back up. One of the things I learned during the Alaska cruise, which if you haven't heard our reviews of that, both my wife and I, you got to listen to those. This was this was the trip of a lifetime for her. She really wanted to do this and loved it. But there were times where I was like, I don't think I need to go see another totem pole with all due respect to the intricacies and the and the meaning behind those. I just there was just times where I kind of phased out. But I thought if I go with her, I'm going to keep wanting to go back. So I said, just go do your thing. So a couple of times early morning at Icy Point, later on at Ketchikan, she went and did her thing and had a great time doing it. She was like the same way with me. She said, look, we need to sleep in. We we are missing a lot of sleep. It's going to take Preston a while to get going. You just go on over to the park and do your thing. So I went over there, grabbed a lot of video photos. So excited to talk to you about Toontown and, and a lot of the things going on over there. And um, by the time they arrived, it was well after 11. And the heat now is pouring on and they're just starting their day. We go over to Disney California Adventure. We park hopped and um, and uh, in that, and, and at those two parks, you can actually hop at 11 a.m., which was helpful. So we went over there to California Adventure and Preston wanted to do Donald's Filler Magic. Now I know you think it's called Mickey's Filler Magic, but with Preston, all things are Donald. And if you really look at that film, you'd probably agree that this is really more Donald's filler magic than Mickey's filler magic. At any rate, they have a unique showing. The 3D print of it, is, or the digital print of it, is really kind of a different thing over there at California Adventure. 
he wanted to do that. My daughter and I wanted to do, and I did as well, wanted to do Rogers. Um, and I had tried to set up, now there's a couple of different ways to do Rogers the musical. And one of them is a virtual pass, but you have to be in the park at the time to do that at 10.30 a.m. They weren't there at 10.30. So we ended up doing the standby, which puts us way up at the top. I'll talk about that another day. But it waiting in standby was an exercise in heat exhaustion. And after we kind of finished with all that, we kind of met over at Pacific Wharf, which is being redone as San Francisco. I'll talk more about that revision, which is kind of intriguing and so forth. Because we stepped out of that show at about one o'clock, everything for lunch has been pretty well taken up, except the Pacific Wharf Cafe, I think is the name of it. It's the one with the bread bowls that's um, adjacent to the Bodine kind of experience. I grab a sandwich for, for us to all just share while we ordered a couple other things. So we kind of divide up a sandwich into four. And, and, and then we ended up, um, my daughter took Preston over to, um, to the coaster, to Incredicoaster. My, my wife went to get some Chinese food. I went over to Pim Kitchen because my daughter wanted something from Pim Kitchen. We all ended up convening, reconvening at Flo's, which I remembered why I like to go to Flo's so much. It has air conditioning. It has indoor air conditioning and none of those other properties do. Pim's Kitchen is enclosed, but none of their dining spaces and nothing at Pacific Wharf is. So we all reconvene, at which point Preston wants none of this but he sees a cheeseburger that he likes over at Flo. So we ended up having lunch from about four different sources. I'll talk about the Chinese food. Mm, not good. Another day. But we've gone through this crazy experience. Got a fast, another DAS Pass for Radiator Springs Racers for my son. And, and, they, and we took in that attraction. Actually... We all went to go on that attraction, and I think I bowed out of it at some point. But at any rate, we all finally get back to the hotel again, the heat exhaustion from the day. Take a nap, get some rest, turn around, and we go back to Disneyland in the evening. And this is where it gets a little crazy, because my wife this time, he wants to do Finding Nemo's Submarine Voyage. And... My wife is uh, not big on the submarine because she doesn't like uh, tight spaces, claustrophobia and all that. It's not a big win for her, but he wants mom and mom's willing to try it. Well, willing to try it, um, she gets in there and she ends up being kind of toward the, well, this is one of the things that our son drives us crazy. For many attractions, he wants to wait to be the first person on that attraction. So like Donald's Filler Magic, he will wait until the previous show goes through and then gets in line. Same thing with Muppet 4D. He has to be the first one into the entry queue. Not to the show, the, the first one into the entry queue and then to the show. It just It's one of those things, quirks that he has 
that we try to deal with, we try to change, but it never quite works. At any rate, they end up in the front of the submarine, followed by a lot of people. She sits down and she has a panic attack. And she's like, I got to get out of here. I can't stay here. And she's trying to get Preston to come and he won't come. He doesn't understand. It becomes almost tearful to her. The cast members understand her and they stand up everybody because if you get through, you got to stand up everybody to get through. She gets out of there, but Preston's still in the submarine. Thankfully, he did well in the middle seat on the plane the day before. So she's anxious watching the sub go away with our son, thinking, how is he going to... We don't know. We don't know what really went on in that submarine, but he came out and he was very happy and nobody gave a glaring eye to my wife and the cast members could not have been better. If I could tell you one thing, the training that must be happening there, the training and the customer service at Disneyland was, in my view, about on par with the Disney Cruise Line. It was that impressive. We, and and especially with dealing with um, the assistants uh, or, or with dealing with my autistic son. Let me give you an example of this. Is he came in one morning and he's wearing a full-on jacket and he's got his beloved penguin Donald stuffed in it. And I don't know what else he's got stuffed in it, but it's sure to going to pull off alarms, um, his phone perhaps or whatever. And and he ended up, and we tried to get him to, to take his jacket and get out. He goes right through that. And they have metal detector kinds of instruments. They're not like the ones that we have in the parks, but he would have gone off in the parks here as well. Um, and we're trying to say, Preston, you need to take your jacket. And he, he's not. And finally, the cast member, security cast member said, he's fine. He's okay. No problem. I had that kind of thing happen repeatedly in dealing with Preston. And they were so wonderful in dealing with him. Going back to the night before, she just called it a day. They went back to the hotel. She bought peanut butter and jelly and bread. And oh my goodness, in California, they sell Donald Duck oranges. Only he calls it yellow juice. He doesn't call it orange juice. He sees it as yellow. And so we bought Donald Duck yellow juice. And he was fine the rest of the evening. In fact, at that point, he's ready to fly home. <laughs> but, but we still got a couple of more days on this trip. We go back in the next day, all of us for an early morning arrival. And we divide up to conquer. My wife takes Preston. I take my daughter. My daughter wants to do anything and everything. So I go through that very strategic approach that I have for getting on all the attractions in very little time, going through a lot of the dark ride attractions, storybook land canal boats, then hitting up Indiana Jones, which was amazing and so forth. And she wanted to see Haunted Mansion. And we ended up doing all these attractions one time. For my wife, bless her heart, the experience is this. He finds the horse-drawn trolley and he wants to ride the trolley. And he wants to ride the trolley and he wants to ride the trolley. Um, and the cast members are kind of not connecting at all. We've had this marvelous experience with everybody connecting, but which is strange because at Walt Disney World, the people who connect best with them are the ones who deal with the horses and the trolleys. 
But here, they're kind of not quite opening up here on all this. And then he finds out, then he wants to see Donald Duck. Now, Donald isn't listed, but it turns out that the characters, which, you know, um, wander around, they don't, they don't just stay in one place. The characters, the Fab Five, do meet and greets in Town Square. And he finds out that this, along with Daisy, is doing... So he's wanting to do Donald Duck. And he's wanting to do the horses and Donald Duck and the horses and Donald Duck. It's not a very big schedule, but it's back and forth doing that. We finally got smart and went back to our hotel room around 1130 took a nice little break and then we were all hungry about mid-afternoon and we took our uh, lift from our hotel over to Disney's Grand California and we headed over to their um, grill. It's kind of their counter service like um, uh, Roaring Fork Snacks, I think it is over at, at um, Wilderness Lodge. Um, any rate, we ended up having just a lovely mid-afternoon lunch inside air-conditioned he's got his chicken strips doesn't eat them all so we're trying to figure out how to get him to eat more but we just have this lovely lunch all four of us together and it was just really pleasant we then wander from the entrance it was so nice to just then connect immediately into disney california adventure we took a right and found the redwood Creek Challenge Trail. He loved that. He loves Brother Bear and the references to Brother Bear throughout that and just had a really great time. We did Radiator Springs Racers again. He did Monsters Incorporated. He did Pixar Pal Around, uh, Ferris Wheel, and of course, Donald's Filler Magic. He did the better part of the rest of the evening with us and my wife was amazing. Some of those things we did together, some things, but my wife is obviously having to do the lion's share of trying to um, address his needs because he just really um, tags on to mom and not having seen mom for several days while she was in Utah. I think that added to it. <clears throat> but we get to the next day um, and we, our fourth day, and it was just the morning there and it's more Donald and more trolley. But I joined Kath with Donald and Daisy at one point. And I got to tell you, it was this, and I will try to put the video out there on, um, on uh, the Disney Insights page. I can tell you those characters did amazing things. And the character attendant was so responsive to my wife and seeing the needs with having seen Preston the day before um, with his penguin and so forth, they could not have been more genuine, more loving, more caring. It was an amazing experience. At one point, as Preston got a little distracted, I turned to Daisy and Donald on both sides of me. I said, I just whispered, thank you guys. You do such a great job. And both of them turned, if you see the video, they both turned to give me a hug. And this is so sweet that I tell you, I never, one of the sweetest, uh, funnest, a character greets and these guys were just Preston will direct them as to what to do he wanted them to kiss he did that with Mickey and Minnie later on or the day before just before the parade it was just a, a wonderful experience and at that moment he agreed to go back on Nemo this time with dad 
And so we headed out. That gave a break to my wife to do something with my daughter. She went on the train, did some other things. I headed to Nemo. We had a wonderful experience to see that attraction in my son's eyes is, um, you know, you'd really think the submarine was, was a submarine. He just, and that Nemo was real. And that all of this is just, he is in a whole world in that little submarine that is so, um, so transcendent and so sweet. I thought to lengthen out the time with him and give my wife a little more time with our daughter, I would take him over to uh, Alien Pizza Planet and get him something to eat and found some breadsticks that he seemed to like. I also have to admit, there was um, I was kind of on this mission to try out every macaron um, cookie that they have, which why is it that we don't have any of those in Walt Disney World? But at any rate, I <laughs> found an alien macaron, which was actually really wonderful. And we spent some time sitting there, looking there. Finally, my, <clears throat> excuse me, my um, wife and daughter join us and we get something for them. And I was referencing the Alien Pizza Planet is formally where Flight to the Moon or Mission to Mars was in previous years. And if you haven't been to Disneyland, that's similar to where the Stitch um, encounter was or the extraterrestrial alien experience was it's two separate chambers that are in the round <clears throat> and um, and where the seating is for the restaurant is kind of where the mission control was and I was trying to reference um, I had asked the cast members if they knew what became of the two rooms the two chambers they didn't seem to know anything maybe it had been taken down but I don't know at any rate um, I was talking about this to my wife and daughter uh, while Preston was sitting there. And this gentleman sitting next to us overheard my conversation. And he started talking about how it used to be Flight to the Moon, Mission to Mars. He talked about how the people mover had gone past it and, and into what was called a Tron projection room which is similar to the kind of projection room that you see on Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters um, at Magic Kingdom. And he, um, and, and, and how it, the people mover was replaced by rocket rods. And he and I go back and forth for several hours, for several minutes about what used to be at Disneyland and what is today and how it was different and so forth. And he's seemingly about my age. And I'm sitting there and I have three of my companions, my daughter, my son, my wife, and he's sitting there with his three companions, sitting in a chair, um, all through this conversation. But his companions are Goofy, Mickey, and, or no, it was Goofy, Donald, and Daisy, and they're sitting as plush in one chair. Now, when you deal with merchantainment at Disney and, and a plush animal can, plush character can mean something to a child. And so when you sell that character, you're not supposed to just throw it in a bag. You're supposed to say, would you like to carry um, 
um, Donald with you, or would you like us to put him in a bag? Or, at any rate, you're supposed to deal with that in a way that's respectful, because some people see the character as being very real to them. I can get that as a small child, but I'm watching an adult next to me, and he's got three plush characters sitting on a chair next to him as if they were sitting down with him for tea. And <clears throat> I make no reference to the characters. I didn't know exactly what to say. And we keep carrying on a conversation about things we, we kind of know about. And then he finally gets ready to leave. And he picks up the characters, not putting them in a bag, he picks up the characters as if he's carrying three children under his arm. And I'm intrigued by this experience. And I'm thinking, what makes Disneyland or anything Disney so special to people? And... I think it's that people find a place that's safe in a world filled with things going wrong. And my, heaven knows when I get to the hotel room and I turn on CNN, my wife rolls her eyes. Why do you want to listen to all that stuff going on? <clears throat> but honestly, that's the thing about Disney is it provides a very safe space for people to feel like they're okay that everything's going to be all right, that um, they'll be accepted and be and be okay. And to some degree, I relate to that. My childhood experience at Disneyland, growing up in Phoenix, Arizona, was the 1960s, and those were tumultuous times. Um, the whole thing with Vietnam, the whole thing with the war, the thought that my older brothers could be drafted and they're dealing with that and and hippies and drugs and rock and roll all of that craziness of that period which seems celebrated in some places was really crazy and hectic for a little boy like myself i found solace when i got to go to disneyland and here i find someone my age still finding that solace Enough that he brings his three companions, albeit plush companions. It's probably why the parks also resonate for me when it comes to my son. Somehow my son is at home. Somehow my son is okay. That all the things that make him different don't really matter unless I make them matter. But if I let it go, all those things just melt away and he just becomes a little boy who loves finding Nemo on the submarine. We left that afternoon and flew out and our seats again were separated, but this time Kath was with him in one row and I was with my daughter in another row a few at one point, I get up and I look back and I see that my wife has fallen asleep. <laughs> Bless her heart, she carried a lot on this trip. Trying to figure out how to take care of his needs. Far better than I as a, as a dad can. Preston looks up at me. 
and uh, sees me, and I smile at him, and I give him a thumbs up. And for the first time ever, I don't think he's ever given this. He gives me a smile and a thumbs up. I think that's that's what Disney is. It's a smile and a thumbs up. A place to go and a place to feel safe, no matter who you are or where you come from or what you deal with. Well, that becomes my very long podcast for this. I have another one that deals with so many great and cool things that we did get to see. My son came alive when he saw the parade. Oh, we got to talk about the parade. Wish he had seen the fireworks. They were amazing too. We'll talk about all of that in my next podcast. But I just wanted to share, coming off of this the day after, my own personal journey with my son at Disneyland. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a part. And um, if you get a chance, make sure you subscribe and and share with others. And if you also have a chance, check out. Uh, we're trying to contribute toward Jim Corcus and helping him become a little better. Talk about a Disneyland historian. Jim knew Disneyland better than anyone. If, you, if nothing else, go go find his books and buy them. Anything you could do to support Jim at this time would be really great. Again, thanks for joining us, and in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.